This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on? Well, it's it's a holiday week, so probably not much aside from cooking and cleaning and getting ready for all the folks that are coming to visit. If uh, that's what you did or that's what you're doing, hey, we appreciate you taking some time to listen to us as well. And perhaps uh, through all of the activity of this past week, you've discovered an improvement that needs to be done in your house. That would be a great reason to pick up the phone and call us with that question at one eight 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 Money Pit, or hop right on to the Money Pit's website at moneypit.com and post it in the community page. Coming up on today's show, as the weather worsens, you can bet that millions of Americans are going to learn about a new way your roof can leak. Ice dams. Well, it's not totally new, but uh, it's something that most folks don't see very frequently. We're going to have the solutions, though, including a way to pay for the repairs you may never have thought of. And you get stuck when it comes time to picking the perfect glue for your project? Well, with the variety of adhesives to choose from, it can be tough to know which one is going to work best for your particular project. And also ahead, as the days get shorter, it's a good time to think about adding some security lighting to your home. So we're going to share a tip on an easy way to do that without needing to run electrical wiring. And we'd love to hear what's on your fall fix-up to-do list. So post your home decor or your home improvement question on the Money Pits community page at moneypit.com or give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Peter in California is dealing with a water heating situation. Tell us what's going on. We just recently moved into a new rental and they have really, really hard water. So the tank sounds like it's out there just boiling away. So it sounds like it's boiling? Like Does it sound like it's sort of uh, rustling water? Yeah, it sounds like there's explosions going on in it. Yeah, that's air in the tank, and that's actually not that uncommon. I wouldn't get too freaked out about it as long as it's properly installed, has the right size pressure relief valve on it. Usually it's sort of an expansion and contraction of the tank that sometimes is made worse by a little bit of air that gets in there. I've heard that kind of sound before. How old is this water heater? I have no idea. We've only been here a month. And other people on in our cul-de-sac have the same problem. And they say it's from the calcium, the sediment build up in it. Yeah, well, that's that's actually possible. So, I mean, one of the things you can do is you could drain some water off the bottom of it. You'd have to hook up a garden hose to it. You have to turn it off and wait an hour or two for it to cool off. And then you could drain some water off the bottom. That tends sometimes to rinse out any of the, any of the mineral salt deposits that are built up at the bottom. Okay, because I was going to give that a go. I was just wondering if that was one step to go with. You could try it. You could try it. But it's, it's usually pretty harmless, okay? I appreciate Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
Now we've got Stephanie in Colorado on the line who's installing some French doors. How can we help you? My husband and I have sliding doors in our bedroom that go outside, and we have French doors uh, that we have. They're all ready to put in. They're framed, and um, I, I was just calling to see if you had any advice about putting them in. Well, I mean, let's presume that the French doors and the sliding doors are going to fit in the same opening to start with. Is that correct? Uh, the French doors are a little taller. Ah, that's a problem. <laughs> Just about an inch. Yeah, that's a that's a tough inch to pick up, you know, when it's in the height like that. The thing is, you're going to have to figure out if you have enough room to get those French doors in, Stephanie, without having to cut or modify the header that's going to be above the sliding door. Because the distance from the floor to the bottom of the header, that's called the rough opening. There's That's the rough vertical opening. And that rough vertical opening has got to be taller than the distance from the bottom of the French door to the top of the jam of the French door. Because if it doesn't, you're you're not going to get that French door in that opening. It's absolutely critical that the rough opening be sized properly. So you could probably figure that out by just pulling the molding off from the side of the slider, and you'll see enough of the framing there where you can get a pretty good measurement as to how much room. Sometimes there's a fair amount of room above the the sliding doors until you get to the header, and, and maybe you'll have that room. Now, if you've got the room, putting that French door in is it's not a basic do-it-yourself project. I'm just going to tell you that right off. But the way I would approach it is the first thing I would do if it was me is I would take the slider out one panel at a time. You want to try to make this as light and manageable as possible. So you move one panel, then the other. Then you pull out the slider frame, and you put the French doors in the same way. You take the doors off of the hinges, and what you actually hang, quote-unquote, inside the opening is just the frame of the French doors without the physical doors in place, just the outside jams, because that's very easy and lightweight to handle. And if that's installed properly and square, then the doors will pop in right after that with minor adjustment. But that's the way you approach it. Again, not a basic do-it-yourself project. Putting a door in is one of the more tricky projects. So if that's above your skill set, I would definitely um, hire a carpenter or a handyman to help. All right, Stephanie, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, as the weather worsens, you can bet that millions of Americans are going to learn about a new way a roof can leak. Ice dams. We're going to have tips on that solution coming up. Plus... For those in the South who think they're off the hook, we're going to share with you how the very same solution can prevent serious damage if your home was caught in a bad storm. That's all coming up next. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. 
And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by ADT. Home isn't just a place, it's a feeling. The feeling that you're safe to enjoy the things that matter most. ADT lets you take that feeling with you. Learn more at ADT.com. ADT, home safe home. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, you trying to fix up your Money Pit? Well, we are too. Let us help. Call in your home improvement question right now to 1-888-MONEY-PIT. And Leslie, you were working on a pilot recently for a new design show and came up with a really cool idea to make a light fixture for a kid's room. Tell us about it. Yeah, you know, I'm working on this new kid's design show pilot, which is going to be very exciting. And I think a lot of people are going to like it. So hopefully we go to series. But what's interesting is I find that a lot of homes don't have a receptacle in the ceiling where you can put a light fixture without, you know, a ton of electrical work and bringing in a ton of pros to make that happen. So, you know, you search online and you can find some really beautiful plug-in light fixtures. They already come with the plug on the end. You're not rewiring anything or adding anything different. And I found some super cute little crystal chandeliers that were, you know, maybe 15 inches tall and they had a plug at the end to just plug into your basic wall outlet. And what my partner Chris on the show and I did was we built these cool little cloud shapes out of wiggle board and some wood to create like a three inch deep tray. What's wiggle board? So wiggle board is a plywood that's very thin, about a quarter of an inch, and it's put with the grain going in all the same direction so that you can bend it. Ah, okay. So you get the majority of it with the grain in one direction and the top layer with the grain in the other direction. So it's almost like an I engineered see. hardwood, but instead it okay. creates it so the whole sheet of ply goes like wah, 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 and you can cut it and <laughs> bend it around. Hence the, hence the wiggle board. Yeah, name. and you can find it, you know, you can find it at a lot of home centers and it's not as expensive as you would think, but it allows you to create cool shapes with things that you couldn't normally out of wood. So we built these little three inch deep clouds that we ran all of the electrical cords through with one little power strip and then we had one cord coming down and we plugged it into the wall and we had these three beautiful crystal uh, crystal chandeliers in this little girl's room that she could control and turn on and have all this beautiful lighting so all hope is not lost if you don't have a ceiling fixture. That's a really cool idea and I mean what kid's room has three ceiling chandeliers in it now? Oh, this so young lady. Neat, neat idea. So that's just an easy example of the kinds of creativity you have to tap into here on this show, folks. So if you've got a home improvement or a decor question, give us a call right now. We'd love to talk with you. The number again is one eight 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 money pit Ray in North Carolina is on the floor. On the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me. Sorry, now. Ray. I'm reading what your question's about, and I introduce you as Ray's calling in from the floor. No, we've got Ray from North Carolina on the phone who's got a crack in the garage floor. Tell us what's going on there. Unbelievable. Um, we've had a very small, not unbelievable, but uh, had a very small crack since we moved in, which is back in 1996, and uh, it never really moved. And uh, we had a little earthquake here. I don't know if you heard about it, but it was a small little earthquake, that the one that affected the, 
you know, the Washington Monument and all that. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. did uh, drag down here. But anyway, I don't know if it's really related to that or not, but um, there's been no cars in the garage because I've got too much junk, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Join the but club. Now the, the crack is, is now about a quarter of an inch to, in, in a couple of spots, almost a half an inch wide, and it goes from one end to the other. We're talking about like 17 feet. I don't know what to do. Well, first of all, the concrete floor is not structural in the sense that it's not helping to hold up the building in most cases. Well, and essentially, it's right over dirt. Right. Yeah. Think of it as uh, a a very stiff type of flooring, because that's basically what it is. Okay. Now, to fix that crack, you're never going to make it go away. But what you can do is seal it. And when you seal it, you stop moisture from getting in there, water that runs off the car, for example, in the wintertime, that could freeze and cause it to move more quickly. So there's a couple of products out there that will do this. I would take a look at a very basic and effective product called Quick Crete Concrete Repair. Basically, it's a crack sealer that's in a tube, like a caulking tube, and you cut the tip off, you try to keep it to about an eighth of an inch if it's a quarter inch crack, you can fill that crack from one end to the other, let it dry, and then you could put a concrete floor paint on top of that. And so that will make it very difficult for you to see, especially if you paint the floor and you use one of the products that has sort of a color chip in it, gives it a little bit of a pattern, it makes it hard to see, it's not quite as obvious. So I would simply fill it Paint it and call it a day. Very good. Yeah, I, it actually is painted now. And let me ask you this. The only other problem I've had in the past, real quickly, is that when I have tried to fill it, um, you know, if I wait too long, it's too high. And obviously, it's very hard to sand down flat or level. Is this a, a self-leveling product? You know, can I just grind it down with a grinder? Well, it's not going to be stiff like concrete. It's it's a sealer, okay? I mean, it's it's a repair okay. product. It doesn't, it's not you. like hard like concrete. But you basically want to put it in so it sits just below the surface. Now, a little trick of the trade is if you have a really deep crack, you can sort of stuff mm-hmm. the crack first with a backer rod or some other type of product like that so that the repair material stays up towards the surface. Okay. They have another product called a self-leveling polyurethane sealant. And you know, with that, it will definitely flow nice and even. Excellent. Well, I appreciate your help very much, and I enjoy your show. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, it's not officially winter yet, but I bet there's snow somewhere out there today. And when it comes, it's likely to bring along a new way for your roof to leak. Yay! Isn't that amazing, all these winter adventures? We're talking about ice dams. Well, it's not really new, but frequently the first time folks learn about this when it happens to them. So it's new for them. Absolutely. And and here's how it happens. You know, when we get a heavy snowfall, it sits up on your roof, right? And then you get some warm days and that allows that snow to melt and the water runs down the roof all the way down to the edge, except when it gets over the exterior wall, that section of the roof that extends over the exterior wall. See there, the roof is actually colder. So it freezes again and actually forms a dam, except this dam is made of ice. And as that water continually freezes there, the dam gets bigger and bigger and it ends up below blocking that water that's trying to run off and the water goes, I know, I'll just do a U-turn and I'll kind of puddle up and climb under the shingles and then leak into the house. And it really makes a really big mess. Your exterior wall and your ceilings can be completely destroyed by a bad case of ice dams. But I did promise some good news and that is this, that ice dam repair can be covered by your homeowner's insurance. 
and it's st- considered storm damage. So if it happens to you, you should click your heels together because it could mean you need, you're going to get a new roof out of it. I mean, that's a pretty big deal because a new roof could run, you know, tens of thousands of dollars depending on where you live and how large your roof is. So to have that help because of a storm damage, it, you know, is it, huge for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that live in the South, that water part of the ice and water shield that you applied to, to, to correct this um, has another important use. If you had a layer of this when you're replacing your roof, it can actually protect your home if a severe storm were to blow off your roof shingles. You know, when it blows off the roof shingles, if you just got tar paper underneath, it's going to blow that off too. But if you have ice and water shield, it actually is a membrane that sticks to the plywood and it doesn't come off very easily. And so that actually can protect your home from major water damage uh, until you can get a chance to actually put a new roof back on it. So uh, good reasons to use that product and a good thing to be aware of, ice dams. If they happen to you, uh, contact your insurance company. Pam in Vermont is on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today? I have a oak staircase. You walk in my front door and the slate, there's a slate walk like entryway. And then there's an oak staircase going upstairs. It's really pretty. But I'm scared to death. Kids are going to just slide right down the whole staircase and end up on the the rock. I found some spray stuff, and it it looks like they put sand in clear paint. And I'm wondering if I put that on, am I going to ruin the staircase? There's a line of products called Slip Doctor, and they make products for wood, for vinyl, for stone. And with any of those products, what I would suggest you do, because you want to make sure... Uh, that it's going to clean well after it's on. It's not going to, you know, attract attract dirt. So try it in an inconspicuous area, like maybe your neighbor's house. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> and see how it works, you know. I mean, no, try, try it like, I don't know, in a closet or even take, get a board, finish it with urethane, spray it on the board, see what it looks like. And, and really test it out before you commit your staircase to it. Yeah, my concern is that, you know, how difficult would it be to clean you know, it's like you're taking a, a shiny wood surface and now making it textured. Is dust and dirt going to stick in there? But I mean, it's a staircase. So how much do you get there? You know, you really got to give it a test run. Yeah, I would want it to be tacky all the time. You know, you, you, you wouldn't be able to dust. No, I wouldn't want it to be tacky. But I also want to make sure that my kids are barefoot half the time, too. So I want to make sure they can still walk on it. Yeah. And the other thing that you can consider doing, though, is you could add a carpet runner right down the middle of the stairs, have it professionally installed so that the center of the step has a carpet runner on it and the sides are still exposed. I mean, that's that's kind of the way we did our staircase in an 1800s house. And, you know, it, it takes that issue away. It's not slippery. You walk up the carpet in the middle of the stairs and you can still see the finished railing on the edge of the step, the edge of the treads. Yeah. So I think maybe that would be a good solution if the other doesn't work. Good luck with that project. Thank you so much. All right. Now we're going to Texas where Lori had some sort of flooring incident. Now the cabinets are all damaged. What the heck happened at your house? (laughs) Well, we had, um, we, we bought an old house built in 1939. When we took the carpet up, we had some beautiful hardwood floors So we had them refinished, but as they were refinishing them and replacing some of the bad spots, they banged up our cabinets, and we've had to try to touch them up with the paint that we had our cabinets painted with, and it's just, it's not working. It looks, the sheen is different. It's streaky. I just don't know how to how to make them look uniform without repainting the whole kitchen. So the cabinets were scratched, and you're trying to repaint them with household paint. And the problem is that they were probably sprayed perhaps with a lacquer 
or other type of finish, and you're just not able to match the exact sheen. And we have, we actually have the exact paint that they used, mm-hmm. and my, my husband, you know, touched them up, and it, you know, it just, it just isn't working. So we didn't know if there was a, you know, if we needed to sand them again. Why is it not working? Well, the sheen, it's shinier, it, um, it's streaked. So I don't know if it was the brush or what. The paint's probably a year and a half old. That's the thing. When you've got paint sitting around for a while, you can't just pick it up and use like a stir stick and then go for it. You really should bring it back to the paint center and have them throw it in the tumbler. Yeah. And also, as you go ahead and refinish these uh, damaged areas, you want to kind of fill it in from the inside out. Like, don't try to paint over the whole thing. Be very strategic and use a small brush and just get it into the scratched areas. And don't try to overpaint the areas that are not scratched. All right. We'll try that. It's kind of like the same procedure as touching up a car as a way, you know, in the same way. You sort of fill in the scratch rather than overpaint the whole thing. Because if you do, it's going to lay over the, the factory finish and look more like a patch than you want it to. Right. And, and I think that is kind of what's happening. So, Okay. We'll, we'll try those things and see if that helps. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Just ahead, if you've got a project to tackle that includes glue, it really can be tough to know which type will work best for the job at hand. We're going to outline the options after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, call an 888-MONEY. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Money Pit is presented by Mr. Beams, safety and security lighting solutions that can be installed in five minutes. No wires, no electrician, no kidding. Find Mr. Beams lights at major retailers and learn more at MrBeams.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, did you know that a drafty attic could mean a warmer house during the winter? Well, drafty attics will flush out that moisture in the insulation, which is good because even a slightly damp insulation will lose as much as one third of its ability to insulate when damp. Yep, that's right. And that's why well-ventilated attics are going to reduce that moisture and that makes the insulation more effective, which leaves you with a warmer house. Well, a new tile backsplash can really wake up a tired kitchen. Or what about a tub surround that really just wows with every soak? Tiling projects are not that difficult, and they really can deliver instant appeal in your home. Well, that's right. But with the variety of adhesives to choose from, it can be tough to know which works best for your particular project. Here to tell us how to choose is this old house general contractor, Tom Silva. Welcome, Tommy. And the products that are available today are actually making this process a lot easier than it used to 
speak. Aren't oh, they? Yeah, it's a big, big difference today. They have uh, all kinds of thinset mortar. They have uh, mastic. They have all kinds of different things. And they have additives that go with them, too, to give them a lot more adhesive and a lot more flexibility, too. Well, and I think there's a lot of confusion as to the type of adhesives and when to use which one where. So how do you know where to start in selecting the adhesive for your project? Well, you got to think about what you're going to be doing. If you're going to be doing a floor, let's say you're going to be using like a exterior tile, for example. Okay. Then you'd want to use a thin set mortar. There's not a lot of flexibility in it, so it doesn't move with the floor. So if you're going over a floor that has some flex in it, like a wood floor, Mm -hmm. the subfloor isn't strong enough, there's deflection between it, then you probably don't want to be using a thin-set mortar because what's going to happen, the tile is going to break away from the adhesion over time. And we get calls on that all the time where folks are complaining about a couple of loose tiles. And the problem is that, you know, even if you pop those up and fix it, it's just a, the beginning of what could be a long line of that happening over and over again. Absolutely. But another mistake that people make when using a thin-set uh, mortar, or any, almost any kind of adhesive, is they put too much on, and they wait too long before they cover it. So what happens is the air dries the surface. Although you still feel soft, it's skinned over. Mm-hmm. So that adhesive that you're applying the, the tile to isn't going to hold. It's only sticking to one side at exactly, that point. Exactly, exactly. Now, when it comes to thin set, you can get the dry powdered type, which is a fair amount of work to mix, or the stuff that's already pre-mixed itself. Do you have a preference on that? Well, I mainly use the dry powder because I have the tools to mix it. Mm -hmm. I have the buckets and the quantity so I can mix up just what I need. Uh, The pre-mixed thinset stuff, I must say, works pretty good. It, It works great. I mean, if you need a little bit or a lot, you can... You can get it that way. It is a little more money than the dry powder, though. I'm basically cheap. I'm a Yankee. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when it comes to mastic, that's really the best application if you're doing a wall tiling project, correct? A wall tiling like uh, backsplash or something like that works great, yeah. It's flexible. It's uh, It goes on quick. It's easy to clean up. When you put the tiles on, they're going to stay stuck pretty much when you use the organic mastic? Yeah, it dries quick, so yeah. and you can usually grout the same day, too. Which well, is that nice. saves a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about uh, brick mortar? That's a very, very coarse type of mortar compared to thin set. What do you use that for? Well, the sand is thicker, or sometimes there's even like a small pebble in there, right. and that's more or less for setting brick or a real thick tile, like if you're going to do a slate floor and you need really some... Or some, like a Mexican tile or something yeah, like that. Yeah, anything like that that needs mm-hmm. a, like, a we've set tile that we needed like a one by one. You know, most of the time you see a, like a sixteenth or a quarter by quarter. Mm-hmm. Well, we've actually had to make a trial where we set one by one, and we've used a, a real thick a thin set with that. You know, I think it's interesting. We all spent so much time picking out the appropriate tile, but we really need to make sure we pick out the appropriate mastic too. Mastic and tool. And I think a lot of times people just interchange the words. Mastic, you know, thin set, they sort of interchange them without realizing they're two very distinct products exactly. for two very different projects. Or they call it a generic and it's really not a generic. Right. But they all better stick, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> Now, what about epoxy thin set? I think that's sort of the last category when it comes to adhesives. Where is that best used? In areas where you want that sucker to really hold well. Can I say sucker? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. You want that sucker to really hold well, and you want it to set up quick. Mm -hmm. Epoxies, uh, 
do work fine, but you've got to work fast for it. Now, work is the theme throughout this entire discussion, but there is actually a new product on the market that it comes in a matte format mm-hmm. that uh, glues tiles, and we've actually used it on countertops ourselves, and it's called a Bondera Tile Matte Set. Have you seen this stuff? I have done, and I've used it. And you can actually use it in wet areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. They actually, but you have to tape the seams. So you put the, you put this, it, basically it's a roll. It's like a uh, two-face. It's, it's like super a two-face sticky. Tape. Yeah. Two-phase tape. You roll it out on the wall. Once it's in place, you peel off the face, and you put your tile right on it, and you can grout it the same day. We were doing the backsplash and the counter and the countertop sort of face for a project with the AARP, Tom and I. And I was putting all of the um, Bondera on the backsplash, the counter, and the facing. And I had to go and, get Leslie off the backsplash. And I would, like, peel it all <laughs> off, and then my belt would get stuck, and I was, like, stuck across the top. And I was like, all right, this is awesomely sticky, but I need to figure out a better process because I was literally stuck in place. All this time I thought you were coordinated. No, not that coordinated. But it's funny, we found out, you know, later that I was actually pregnant on that project, so no wonder why I was such a doof. But uh, the Bondera had nothing to do with the no, Bondera. No no no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good stuff, though. I mean, it comes in a roll. You can With the adhesive, you can peel off both sides, stick it to the wall, and stick your tile. And again, it's a situation where you can grout same day. Right yeah, away. We did an axe project with it where I basically did a backsplash uh, in a town local from here, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Roll it on the wall, stick the tile. And it even has sort of a grid laid out on it, so it helps with cutting and laying out your tiles if you're trying to do something a little bit more detailed and make sure everything's square. We did an Ask this whole house project using that, and it was great. So, bottom line, take some time choosing that tile, but even take just as much time choosing the uh, the adhesive, whatever it might be. You want to get it right, otherwise, you're going to be trying to do that job again and again and again mm-hmm. as time mm-hmm. goes on. Mm-hmm. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure. All right, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS for your local listings and some great step by step videos on projects that you can tackle. Visit This Old House. And this old house is brought to you on PBS by State Farm. Just ahead, as the days get shorter, it's a good time to think about adding security lighting to your home. We're going to share a tip on an easy way to do this without needing to run any electrical wiring next. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. 
Aquatrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. Aquatrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any Aquatrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So glad you could be with us on this busy holiday week. If you've got a question about a project you'd like to tackle in your home, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. And hey, you can also listen to this program by podcast. The podcast is available at iTunes and many, many other podcast providers. We would love for you to download the podcast and not miss a single episode. And the cool thing about doing that is, you know, we give away a lot of good stuff on the show. And doesn't matter when you hear the show, whether it is during the weekend or during the week, you always have an opportunity to qualify because we take everyone that called into the show over the week throw them all into the Money Pit hard hat and draw some winners out of that entire group of listeners. So download the podcast at moneypit.com or at your favorite podcast source. Mike and I was on the line with an insulation question. What can we do for you today? I'm looking to put some fiberglass insulation up in my attic. I have access to some six inch that's faced on one side and it has foil on the other. Could I lay that down in my attic without having any problems? You already have existing insulation there, right, Mike? Yeah, I got 10 inches in my ceilings. The answer is no, and and here's why. The foil face is a vapor barrier, and if you put a vapor barrier in there, you're going to trap moisture. Now, a very common scenario is people put that up in the attic. They leave the vapor barrier facing up, but that's actually wrong. The only place the vapor barrier belongs is against the heated space, which would be under the 10 inches of insulation you already have there. So the foil face is not a good thing. Now, I will say that you, if you really want to be frugal about this, you could probably pull that foil off and lay the unfaced bat perpendicular to what you have right now. It'll be a bit of a messy job because it sounds like it's older insulation. So you're going to have to protect yourself with dust masks and safety glasses, long sleeves, and all of that. I don't care to do that. But um, right now in my attic, at one time I had a flat roof. And right now I've got rolled tar, or not tar paper, but rolled shingling up on my attic floor. That's probably acting as a vapor barrier, I would guess, today. It probably is, yeah, because it would stop humidity from getting through it. The problem is that it, it traps it in the insulation, and when it does that, the insulation doesn't work well. Insulation that's damp does not insulate, so that humidity is working against you. I have wood heat, and it takes a lot of moisture out of the house. That's probably in my favor, I would guess. I would think so. Now, you want to preserve that wood floor? You want to use all of that wood floor space? 
I'd like to use as much as possible, yes. Well, why don't you do this? Uh, kind of a way to kind of have your cake and eat it, too, is to carve out an area in the center of the attic that you reserve basically just for storage. And then you add unfaced fiberglass bats on top of the wood floor to the other areas. Yeah, it's not perfect having that uh, whatever floor covering you have in between, but I still think it's going to add some insulation to that space and help cut some of your energy bills. And unfaced fiberglass bats are not that expensive and pretty easy to handle. Okay. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, as the days get shorter, it's a good time to think about adding security lighting to your home. But to do this, you usually need to hire an electrician who's got to run wiring. Well, now there's a new motion-activated spotlight on the market from Mr. Beams that can deliver a super bright light, and it runs off batteries that are going to last a full year. Yep, it's called the MB3000 Spotlight, and it provides much brighter light, a wider coverage area, and a very cool design that's going to increase your home security. This high-performance security light is battery powered too. It's got a dual head spotlight. It delivers about 500 lumens of light and that will increase the security around your home. The heads are easy to adjust. They allow you to customize your coverage area. You get to light light very large areas around the corners, etc. Really a nice design that throws a lot of light around your yard without having to run any wiring. Yeah, that really has to be the coolest part, which is its battery power. So there's really no need to hire an electrician because it's totally wireless and you can install this yourself in just a a few minutes. Now, each set of alkaline batteries provides about a year of light when you use it on average about 8 to 10 activations per day. Yep, and because it's wireless, you can install it not only on your home to cover porches or walks or driveways, but even on a backyard shed for added security. Now, the MB3000 delivers surprisingly bright light anywhere and sells for just $49.99. You'll find it at major retailers like Home Depot, Lowe's, as well as at Amazon.com. Learn more at MrBeams.com or call 877-298-9082. Sandra in South Dakota has a question about tile flooring. How can we help you with your project? We bought a house that was built in 78, and I don't think it's been updated since then. And I want to start my redo with my bathroom. All right. And I've been wondering, I don't know whether I should go porcelain or ceramic, or I'm stuck on what type of tile I should use. Okay. So I see here uh, that you told our screener that you want a tile that can hold up to cats, dogs, and kids. Yes. Either porcelain or ceramic will work, but porcelain will be very expensive uh, for you. And and ceramic tile, there's so many options in it. And as long as you get a glazed tile and that you use an epoxy grout, that combination will be very easy to clean. Okay, great. Thank you very much. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, do you have an old house and maybe you've noticed your brick walls are starting to crumble? Don't panic. I know you might be tempted to, but just don't. We're going to tell you why after this. Today's Money Pit is presented by Isonine Spray Foam Insulation, an effective one-step insulation product that insulates, air seals, and reduces drafts that can save as much as 40% on your heating and cooling bills. Learn more about Isonine Spray Foam Insulation today by visiting isonine.com. 
Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on this beautiful holiday weekend. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT with your home improvement question or post it to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. And that's what Darren did in Rhode Island. Now, Darren writes, my brick house is 40 years old, and I'm noticing that some mortar between the bricks on the south side of the building are disintegrating, and some bricks are cracked or broken in half. What do I need to do to fix this problem? Now, does this sound like a bigger problem than it actually is? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, look, there's not a brick house out there that doesn't have some cracked bricks and mortar in a 40-year-old house that's disintegrating is also, you know, pretty much wear and tear. Uh, the first thing that I would do is I would, if I was looking at this house, like say through the eyes of a home inspector, is I would try to figure out why the south side is where this mortar is washing out. Very often, what I used to find, Leslie, is that first couple of uh, feet of brickwork from the grade on up tends to uh, lose more mortar than higher up on the walls. And the reason is because you get rain that splashes up from the ground, right? It hits the ground, it bounces up on the wall. So that area stays a lot wetter typically than the rest of the wall, and that can add to the deterioration of the mortar. So I would try to figure out why you're losing mortar and where you're losing mortar and see if there's a reason for it. But in terms of restoring it, it's pretty much a standard maintenance uh, project, Darren, with uh, with brick mortar that, that deteriorates like that. What you want to do is you want to scrape out anything that's old and loose, and then you want to repoint it, and that's the process of troweling in new mortar. Now, if you have a lot to do, you'd have to mix up some mortar. But if you just got a little bit to do, Quickcrete actually makes a product that's called mortar repair. And I like it because it comes in a caulk tube. I mean, it doesn't get any easier to use than that. And it blends nicely. You just want to remove that loose mortar and apply the product. It's sized perfectly for that mortar joint. So, you know, it's the kind of thing that if you don't do repointing every day, you can easily get pretty sloppy with it. But this Quickcrete mortar repair product in a caulk tube makes it super easy to apply. All right, that makes makes, it, makes a pro out of you. <laughs> and I mean, you're going to feel so much better knowing that that's all taken care of. All right, next up, we've got a post here from Ronnie in Greenville, South Carolina, who writes, the electrical wall sockets in all three bathrooms have quit working. There's no trip circuit breakers in the circuit box. How can I identify this problem and how do we repair it? Ah, uh, you know the answer to this one, Leslie. It's four I mean, letters. Yeah, G-F-C-I. <laughs> that's right. But the question is, where? <laughs> Where? Yeah. Okay. So GFCI stands for ground fault circuit interrupter. And these bathroom outlets are all going to be on the same GFCI circuit. But unlike a regular circuit that has one circuit breaker, the GFCI is a circuit breaker in and of itself. And it can serve these multiple outlets. And I'll tell you where the electricians love to hide it. And I don't know why this is, but I guess somebody did this once and everybody followed it. That bathroom ground fault, I bet you it's in the garage. It's usually on a wall of the garage, probably buried by stuff you've been storing there for years. And it looks like an outlet with a test and reset button. Find that ground fault, reset it. Your bathrooms will miraculously start to work once again. Uh, and if they don't, if they trip again, then you got to call an electrician to find out what's wrong with the circuit because it is telling you that there's a short uh, if that happens multiple times. Yeah. And so it's essentially doing its job and it's saving you a whole headache, which could be an electrical fire. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Hey, thank you so much for spending this busy holiday weekend with us. If uh, all of the activity around your house has brought to mind some projects you'd like to tackle, we invite you to post your question to the Money Pit community page at moneypit.com. We're always on that site, and we'd love to be able to respond uh, to your questions, take a look at your pictures, and get you the info that you need. 
If you prefer, you can also call us anytime at 888-MONEY-PIT. If we're not in the studio, we promise we will call you back the next time we are. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.